For the first episode, I'm going to share the invitation to participate in the Inspiration Voice beta test. I started this beta test in October of 2020 with the intention of observing and gaining insight into a variety of different inspiration journeys. This was the introduction. Hi, I have some news to share, a story to tell, and a favor to ask. So the news is that I'm starting my own company, and I'm really excited about it. The story uh, is kind of how I got here, so just bear with me for one second. Around 15 or 20 years ago, when my kids were really young, I started a company called Inspiration Voice. The premise of the company was everybody has their own inspiration voice, and it's not that they don't have it. It's just that sometimes they don't hear it or the volume isn't turned up loud enough. And wouldn't it be cool if you could have a company that could help people get connected to that voice or to turn that voice up? This was the premise originally. And I started off with a product that really inspired me. It was raw cacao butter. It was different than any other cocoa butter that was on the market because the indigenous farmers that were harvesting it in Ecuador, where I was importing it from, used ancient processes where the product was never heated above the temperature of the sun and it maintained all these amazing supercharged properties as a result. And I was fascinated by this. It could be ingested internally, it could be you know, applied to your skin externally, and had all these amazing health benefits. So I bought five gallons of wholesale uh, product and I cut it up into pieces, I created packaging, and I sold all of it. I sold all of it. Um, but I never bought another wholesale order again. And I think it's because, well, first my kids were young and life got in the way a bit. But also, I didn't really understand how to reconcile, like, what does cocoa butter have to do with inspiration voice? And because I couldn't reconcile, it just sort of fizzled out. It never left my mind. It always kind of stayed in the back. So fast forward 20 years to the year 2020, when it seems everything becomes clear. And I had been reading an author that I started following when I assigned myself a luxury research project when I was preparing for my last role. I was coming from prestige beauty and I was moving into um, luxury hospitality with Waldorf and Conrad working for Hilton. And I wanted to immerse myself in luxury and understand better what it was. Truth be told, I also wanted a really good excuse to go to the New York Library and to see the amazing architecture and the art on the ceilings, etc. So I assigned myself this research project and I started digging to just understand better what is luxury. Through that process, I um, you know, found a couple of different publications and newsletters and things that I began to subscribe to, one of which was Jing Daily which is a publication that focuses mostly on news and articles throughout Asia. 
Anyway, there was one author in particular that stood out to me. His name was Daniel Langer. And he stood out because he was talking about how all of the other brands have gotten it wrong. That luxury isn't about the high price tag or the product itself. What luxury is really about is the human to human connection. Like when there's an authentic and inspiring story at the core of a brand, then when there's a human connection to that story, it's almost as though, you know, monetary value ceases to matter because there's such a high extreme value that's being delivered. There's no need to consider the cost. And so this is what true luxury really is, is delivering that authentic human connection and the extreme value. So I was fascinated by this perspective and I began to follow uh, his articles and different posts that he would do. Uh, I almost actually hired him to help with the refresh effort that Waldorf Astoria was going through um, because they were doing a rebrand and I felt that his consultancy would be a great option to consider you know, support for that. So he was in the process of being vetted uh, at the time when the pandemic happened. Then I got furloughed and while on furlough for the first time, I was on LinkedIn for the first time in a while. And I happened to see on LinkedIn, Daniel had posted an article that I had just read that same morning. And I thought to myself, like, I just want to reach out and just say thank you to him. You know, I almost hired him. I've been an admirer of his work. I just want to send him some gratitude. So I sent him a quick note, said thank you, and he immediately replied. Was really excited to have gotten a note of gratitude. And we started chatting back and forth. Eventually, um, he basically said that he was interested in kind of talking more because I was joking and said, hey, we should start a brand together, only partially joking. So he said that he wasn't joking and that he, although he worked with all kinds of brands, you know, Ferrari, Gucci, etc., his passion was working with startups and that he'd be interested in talking to me more. So now uh, I have a meeting scheduled on Tuesday and it's coming up soon. I only have the weekend to prepare. And I started to kind of get concerned because I literally have no idea what I'm going to talk to him about yet. Um, I haven't gotten much farther than it's not cocoa butter. And so and in preparation for the conversation, I started to dig. I started to look back at my archives. I started to look back at my old logos, my old packaging, to try to remember sort of what it was that I originally did to start the company. In doing so, I started looking at all of my other files and pictures and notes and cards and emails and all kinds of things that I realized through this search that I've been methodically documenting and saving my entire life. More than 20 years of content that I had meticulously captured, you know, voice messages and pictures and um, emails. And I noticed patterns. I noticed that I've been capturing what I've been inspired by my whole life. And I've been immediately eager to share it with other people. And then I captured what I shared and I captured their response. So I saw this pattern of how much I like to inspire, to feel inspired and to share inspiration. I still though didn't know what I was gonna to talk to Daniel about. So I dug deeper 
I thought, okay, let me understand what inspiration is. Let me understand more about what inspiration is. So I started looking at the study of inspiration, so the science of inspiration, psychology of inspiration. I dug and dug and and read, and I came up with a couple of key things that I think are really important to what happened next. One is that inspiration has always been something for a very long time that was associated with divinity. So like divine intervention, God maybe is delivering inspiration through a specific person, almost like lightning strikes. And maybe that person writes the Bible or does some other inspired by God act. And it was something that was looked at as other or separate from the individual, something that happened to you and randomly. I think for a very long time because of that, psychology and other traditional um, sciences didn't really take a look at inspiration. It was thought of more as like something to be left for the theologians, if you will, until very recently, which I think is very interesting. Recently, a pair of psychologists dug in deep and with the idea of we are going to basically prove that Regardless of population type, you know, age, sexual orientation, gender, culture, geography, it is a human experience that inspiration precedes creativity and is an integral part of the creative process of everything that gets created and everything that has ever been created uh, at one point first started with inspiration. And they broke inspiration down into three parts. First, you're inspired by something. And this is, I think, the most fascinating part, is that what you can be inspired by is infinite, and it's unique to you specifically. Everybody's inspired by something different. It's almost like your thumbprint. The second piece, then, after inspired by, after the stimulus, is that you're inspired and you transcend. It's almost like um, you pull up out of your mundane day-to-day, your usual focus, and you see a new possibility, a new idea. Maybe if you're a musician, you come up with a new melody. Something new comes to you, something expanded. And then the third part is you're inspired to, to do something, the action step right? And what I realized as I learned about this is that not everybody flows and oscillates from one stage to the next with ease or all the way through every given time, every time they get inspired, right? Plenty of times we get inspired and don't actually, you know, create something. It's not an automatic thing. And so I started to think about like, we have the ability to intentionally curate our own inspiration. And I believe that with practice, you can become good at it and you can become a master. You can get to a point where you almost have like an aha moment, a duh moment. Like, I really like this, so I should do this more. And you can define what it is that inspires you by asking a very simple question. What inspires me? And just leave it out there. Leave it hanging open. And the invitation 
is to pay attention, to take a look at what it is that inspires you because inspiration also has a feeling, right? It feels good. For me, it's the feeling of when you're almost on the verge of tears of joy, that tingle, or maybe like the feeling of goosebumps. Sometimes it can be that visceral. Other times it's very subtle, but it just feels good. You you don't know sometimes why something inspires you. It can be a small snippet in a movie or of something that you read that just touches you. But when you pay attention to what that feels like and you capture it, and then you start to see, maybe you don't know right away why you're capturing it. But if you do it consistently, the hypothesis is that you will discover patterns and you will then be able to create a plan to be inspired more or to be exposed or surrounded by things and people that inspire you more. And then as you become a master, you'll be able to decide to live a more inspired life. So this is the premise of the company. It is, I'm very proud to say, authentically based on an intent and a desire to inspire. And monetization will come. I believe that what I'm building is an ecosystem of inspiration a place where everyone can come a magnet to find their inspiration, to connect with others that are inspired by similar things, to learn and train and grow their inspirational capability. And then because all of the world's challenges and problems, all the inequality and the environmental solutions that we need require first inspiration. So this is important work. And you don't have to solve the world. You don't even have to figure out what inspires you. A lot of us have these analytical careers and all of these, you know, hyper-focus to figure things out. And this is not that. This is the anti-that. This is what inspires me. And then just sit back and allow the answer to come. Wait for clarity. Because it will come. Little hints, little tips, little tricks, little ideas will come. And if you capture them and send them to me, I will hold them in a private folder for you. And we'll begin to just watch patterns and start to maybe see insights and get to a point where eventually we'll be able to create a plan. A plan for you to be more exposed to and surrounded by your own inspiration because I think then you can create solutions for your life for your community your family for the world who knows what comes next and this is what we're going to test in our beta test group and if it works and it transforms lives then we're going to share my hypothesis is that as soon as you complete your own inspirational training, the first thing that you're going to be doing is bursting with inspiration and a desire to share and to teach. This is my hypothesis. I'll leave you with my final, most inspiring definition that I found. Because although it's an ambiguous definition, inspiration, one is very clear to me. It comes from physiology. So in our physical body, inspiration means to draw in a breath or to inhale. Think about that for a second. That means that you can literally say, because I am alive, I am inspiring. 
it seems quite logical and quite urgent to me then to ask, what inspires me? Thank you for listening. If you are inspired by anything that you heard in this episode, please share this podcast. Inspiration is infectious, so pass it on. Be sure to subscribe to the Inspiring Conversations podcast wherever you're listening to this audio. That way, you'll never miss a fresh, inspiring episode each Monday. Discover an ecosystem of inspiration at inspirationvoice.com. There's a wealth of inspiring information to explore. Inspiration Resource Library, built from my archives and suggestions from the Inspiration Voice community, Find tools for sparking, growing, and mastering your inspiration. Inspirationology. Everything I learned from the definition and meaning of inspiration, notes from the classes, books, and podcasts that I've been inspired by, and so much more. You can also join the Inspiration Voice beta test on the website. Yes, it's still open, and we're still welcoming more eager participants. You'll be joining an inspiring community that will continue to grow and evolve with this podcast. The Inspiration Voice Box blog is coming soon to the website. Be sure to subscribe for inspiring updates directly into your inbox. For a limited time, you can also book a one-on-one inspiring conversation on the website. It's free. Our conversation may even end up on the podcast. And finally, Inspiration Voice Box is on Instagram. So come visit us there. I look forward to connecting with you and finding inspiration in each other. Thank you.